welcome to another Thursday Night Conversation. My name's Matt Garman. And I'm Billy Hawes. So, Billy, have you seen Life with Dog yet? I have not. Have you watched God is Not Dead Part 2 yet? No. No. We need to do this together, remember? Together, yes. I know you had said something about that, and there was something that I could have said last week. Okay. But was honor-bound not to say last week. Honor-bound. You are, And you are, you are an upstanding man when it comes to honor. I try to be. I try to be a man of honor. You know, uh, Peter Cetera once said, I am the man who will fight for your honor. I'll be the hero you've been dreaming of. We're going to live forever. No, the glory of love. No. Sorry. No. Oh, Billy, have you seen the Karate Kid starring Ralph Macchio? I have. Okay. But I was a kid. Did you see Karate Kid too? Yes. Well, that the Peter Cetera. Was that, was that the, uh, the, the crane swinging at him? The cranes? Well, yes. He's out on the yes. dock. And yes, all that. yes, yes. Look at that. That's like age. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You put the cork thing on the end of the, yeah. the fishing. Well, you don't actually want to die. Hook. No, no. Well, Miyagi put it on there, but then uh, Danielson he took it off. Right. And okay. did the actual spin move to to block the thing, and it tore his shirt, and yeah, all that. Anyway, uh, the Peter Cetera song uh, "Glory of Love" is what I was singing or speaking there. Well, why don't you sing it for us? I think Peter Cetera does it better, and there might be some royalty issues there. I don't want to owe anybody any money for broadcasting our rendition of The Glory of Love. But I'm the man who will fight for your honor. I do try to be a a person of honor. I can't say I was... I might have been under contract because way back in June, I was part of a production that took place in Modesto, but now that production is out and into the world. right. And so even though I had signed, I'm not sure if it was a non-disclosure agreement. Maybe I should have read it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe You're maybe. supposed to sign stuff or read stuff before you sign it. But they had asked us to be very careful about what we said. So there are certain things I could say. I could say like, I'm working on a production in Modesto. But what I could not say is the name of the production or who it was affiliated with. And I know you were careful at like Instagram or any of that, You yes. even though you maybe could have done certain things. Yes. You didn't even sound like you took many pictures. Or I anything, didn't take right? any, just, I don't think. Okay. I was getting my butt kicked, so That's I didn't true. have you were time busy. for posting. But several several of the crew would post pictures, but you couldn't post pictures of actors. Okay. And uh, you couldn't post anything that gave away a location, like where we were, or post uh, the title. Of Which the project is the title of the project would be it's the wanderer. The wanderer. He is a wanderer. He roams around, round. I was gonna. Around. I was waiting for you to break into another song. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just all over these royalty issues. Here. Yeah, yeah. We're the wanderer. All kinds of NDAs and and secret things, landmines to the left and to the right. Only the path ahead is clear. But yes, the wanderer, which is a pure flicks original. Okay. So we've talked about Pure Flicks on the podcast we from have. time to time. But for those of our listeners who don't know, probably the best way to sum up Pure Flicks is that they are a faith-based Netflix-type streaming service. They do larger pictures that do are released theatrically. I think one of their bigger ones was Samson. Okay, uh, maybe that, was, that was Pure Flix? It was recently. a Pure Flix film, and... I know that that was a bigger film because I remember when you and I went and saw The Last Jedi 
Samson was one of the trailers that played before The Last Jedi. Played. Right. So they do have things that are, are larger, and then there are, are smaller projects like The Wanderer, which was made directly for Pure Flix for their streaming service, which is out and available now. That's cool. You had mentioned Life with Dog yes. last week. Corbin Burnson. Corbin Burnson's movie, Life with Dog, which has been out for a little while. That has also made its way to Pure Flix. Okay. So both Life with Dog and The Wanderer can be viewed right now. If you're hearing my voice right now, you can go to pureflix.com and watch either of those selections. And if you want, they are offering a month-long free trial. So it would cost you, the listener, or you, Billy Hawes, or me, myself, nothing and to, I. to do that. <laughs> That's neat. Like, when you say faith-based, I mean, Pure Flix, it, it, through the, yeah, our family has certainly watched those sorts of movies for a long, long time. Um, yeah. I know Pure Flix isn't, doesn't maybe go back as far as when we were kids, but but yeah, some of the more recent things that that have been been well done for that arena of movie i mean they have all kinds of stuff on their platform from it's not just films i think they do have some uh maybe bible teachings and okay things of that nature as well was old-fashioned was pure flicks no no? it wasn't okay you i had thought so that sort of movie yes yes very much that genre you know, I, I do believe the God's Not Dead series is something that they were heavily involved with. I believe the the main kind of CEO, for lack that may not be his actual title, but certainly the one of the main forces behind it is an actor by the name of David A.R. White. And he has been an actor for many years. You uh, recognize if, him when you see him if you've yes, watched any of these If you've watched any faith-based films, there is there have been several series that David A.R. White has been the star of and he has kind of started this his own platform essentially him and and a few partners. And so he produces content directly for Pureflix as well as purchases other content the Wanderer is something that a local person had had written and then pitched it to Pure Flix uh, with the idea of making it a short web series. It's basically six episodes long. And okay, episodes. Yeah, so it is kind of in a, a episode format. And the episodes are not full 22-minute episodes. I, I want to say they're 10 to 15 minutes. But six of them, so you're in, you're in your feature film length combined. Correct. As so far it, as your work on that, if okay, yeah, it it basically boils down to a feature length project. Uh, we had the premiere just uh, the other week, but still had to keep it under wraps for a week because they didn't want anyone to talk about it until it had come out. So even last Thursday night, I could have. Like I had already been to the premiere, but I couldn't say anything about it because they really asked us not to say anything until Friday is when it came out. So it's been out for almost a week at this point. So anyway, yeah, that was a secret project that I was working on all summer or not all summer, just June. But every time I said like, I'm working on a project in June, I can't really say the Wanderer is what I was working on. I can say that now it's on Pure Flix. You can watch it for free might see my name in the credits there as uh, 
the production sound mixer. Okay. So I recorded the sound. And as you may remember from one of our earlier podcasts, the worst phrase that I ever wanted to hear on set was, waiting for sound. That that meant me. Did you use your, did you use your uh, at least in our family, the, the Matthews famous oh, standby? standby? Yeah, yeah, I did. Is and, that that's the terminology for that? And we had no, 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 they want a time. Uh, I think we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, that's right, we did. Yeah, they, no, yeah, I would say standby, but then sometimes that would get like a, how long, you know, a kind of. How long uh, sound? We're waiting for sound. Yes, waiting for sound. How long? Uh, 30 seconds. So sound mix, what'd you say? Inch- yeah, I think the technical term is, uh, and I didn't, when we went to the premiere, I couldn't pause the credits. There were a lot of credits that went by really fast. So I don't know exactly what, uh, I haven't watched it on PureFlix yet to pause it, but on set, they were saying it was the production sound mixer. Production sound Production mixer. sound mixer which is different than the post-production sound mixer. So someone's coming in and matching it all up. And yeah, yeah. You're capturing it. Correct, yeah. I have uh, three microphones or, or four more microphones at any given time. I'm running the recorder that the microphones are, are coming into that recorder. I'm making sure all the levels are set and that uh, I'm monitoring it the, as best I can to make sure there's not you know some crazy noise going on that someone doesn't hear or you know so they're aware that the sound it sounds good basically is my job same things you're doing here in studio except much more going on yes except yeah out in the wild and you know all the things we talked about last time with cables uh, having to be in the shot or not be in the shot preferably and all all kinds of fun things that uh, aren't an issue when recording this podcast Distance to microphone, microphones being in shots, not a problem. We're not hiding these microphones under our clothes that rustle or or whatever. Actors running across the street and delivering a breathless line. I will say one thing really that was really amazing about watching the premiere. And this is not a spoiler because it's kind of the opening sequence there's a little bit of a time jump between the the main story starting. So it's not really a flashback, but they're starting at an earlier point in time when the main characters are in high school and they're at a, a dance. And then the main story starts. He goes off to war because it's a period piece. So it's in the 40s when it starts. And then our story, the majority of the story takes place in the in the mid to late 50s. So the main character goes to war and this is before he goes to war and he's at this dance with his sweetheart and it's one dollying shot means like it's one continuous shot where they start the camera kind of at the stage where the band is playing and the camera just moves back on a track and starts facing on our main couple and they're dancing slowly and then drifts past them and you see other couples dancing and then it focuses in again on our main couple again. But the cameras maybe moved 12, 15 feet laterally. So it's not in the same position. The actors have to get from where they start and run to in position to look like they're dancing. And they're tethered to these big, long cables. 
So literally, the lead oh, they're getting act, back in front of the camera to look like they're in the same spot, like they've been there but the, the whole time. The camera has moved. Yes, quite a distance. Okay. So he would literally like, like the camera would move off of him, and he would take the two cables and just huck them in the direction that the camera's moving, so you can't see it, and then like run, and then there was a person pulling up the slack of the cables because the cables are attached to their microphones, which are taped onto their bodies. So they're literally on a leash. Okay. 50 foot leash, but still stuff. You'd never think of watching a movie. If you're not a sound guy or director or whatever, just like, wow. Amid people dancing. So this dance floor has, you know, so anyone could step heads up cable coming through and seeing that shot. It looks so perfect and so beautiful. You're like, that's amazing because I've seen I'd seen it, you know, how they did it a lot of times and watching, you know, from my perspective, like I'm seeing him, you know, they're dancing and then all of a sudden, boom, he kicks the cables and then they're running and coming around and then just scurrying and da 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 and then get into place and then down. the camera shifts focus and then he walks to get a glass of punch and she goes off a different way and just all these things that happen kind of like chaos just off to this off frame. But when you see the finished frame, it looks so beautiful. It's just like so nicely photographed and the cinematographer did such a great job. And it really felt like really nostalgic and just, it's like, wow, that came together so well. When you see all the pieces, you kind of go like, I just have no idea how this is going to look in the movie. That's all I was going to ask you. Did it feel like too ambitious when you were there and you're thinking through how all this thick cords can get yanked out and just how's this ever going to work? And it definitely felt like, I don't know if too am, but definitely ambitious. Like, wow, this, this is going to be a challenge. Cause a lot of the times, like with coffee cart, my actors are also wired the entire time, which working on the wanderer, ironically, I'd say ironically, because we finished filming the majority 99% of coffee cart like the week before I started working on the wanderer. So technically I shot the uh, coffee cart first and then ran sound for the wanderer, but the wanderer was supposed to shoot in February, not in June. So I had been meeting with the director about, you know, being a sound mixer and all that kind of thing before I had started shooting coffee cart and when he yeah, told I remember. Me, sorry, to I remember you being at these routine meetings for a good long time as part yeah. of the the crew. Yeah, yeah, production meeting. Because technically, I was you know a department head, but I'm really just managing myself and trying to manage one other person because I can't even manage myself very well. But so the sound department was only two people, but technically, I would be a department head. Okay. You said the director told you, sorry, I interrupted. No, he said he was going to go with wired mics. And that gave me the courage to go like, well, if he's going with wired mics, even though I'd never used them, I I have wired mics for, for the work I do. But I was like torn, like if I was going to use them on coffee cart or not, because there are advantages and disadvantages. And I was like, well, if he's going with wired labs, then I'm going to use wired labs. But what I guess before I got on my own rabbit trail, what I was going to say is with coffee cart, most of the time they're standing put. So once you hide that wire or some cases in coffee cart, I didn't hide it as well as I thought, you know, you're good to go because they're not dancing. They're not running. They're not doing anything like that in coffee cart. They're 
to having conversation. In The Wanderer, like you have this huge dance sequence and, you know, they're having to make this big physical move and make it look so seamless and stuff. I I don't know if it felt too ambitious, but it was definitely ambitious because up to that point, we hadn't done anything like that. The The dance sequence that the film starts with or the series starts with is probably the most, the largest, most logistics of the whole uh, piece in a lot of ways. Cause we had the most extras that day had, you know, people dancing, we had music. You have to kind of try to sync what the band is doing to what the music playing through the PA system is doing, which you can't use any of that music in the movie. So there's a different mu- music that needs to sync up. And they had this big, huge dolly move that they're doing in one shot. So meaning there's no time to cut away. If something goes wrong in this dolly shot, you can't just cut to something. It's like, no, it's one. They start here and then it ends at the punch bowl. Beautiful shot. And it had to be done in one take. It had to be done once well. And there was a a bit of dialogue that had to happen also. So it was definitely an ambitious shot, but that turned out magnificent. And that was probably like the most fun for me to watch because, you know, I, I obviously wasn't looking through the camera for any of it. And, but some things you get a sense of, like, okay, this is what this room looks like. This is, or maybe I could peek behind the monitor sometimes and you see, oh, wow, that's a nice looking shot. But this move, like I was nowhere near the camera. You know, I was off in my own corner. I had my own problems. I had to have someone help me reel in cables so that the actors minimize the chance of them tripping on something or someone else tripping on it. We actually had to adapt the cables so that they would stretch the way they needed to. I had to make some changes. And so it was a big logistical scene. And then to have that be kind of the first shot of the picture and you go like, wow, that, that really looks like a 1940s classic dance. You know, it was, that was, that was definitely a a highlight. Glad you enjoyed that. So you're an agent Carter fan. Does it, did it kind of strike any of that, that nostalgia for you? A little bit. I mean, definitely that sequence, which is in black and white. I don't know. It just, it felt like they really took care to make that feel like an old film. And by that, I don't mean like dated, but just really like stylized to feel like a classic movie from the forties. You know, it just had that feel to it. And obviously it's a period piece. So a lot of it has the, you know, the fifties vibe is throughout, but that's more, hot rods and diners and that kind of thing. But this opening sequence, like kind of the big band sound and the dancing and the moves and seeing how the camera kind of, cause it's the dolly track is on a curve so that the camera kind of glides through a little bit and focuses different places and just all the extras and seeing how all that works when you're, when you're where I was that day, you just, you see people moving but, but the smoothness yes, and the beauty is... When you see them moving in and out of the shot, then you're like, oh, that person wasn't just walking across. They were, you know, they're crossing right here as this couple turns. And 
you know, and then that couple turns into frame and, oh, and then we end up on our, you know, on our main characters and, oh, there they are. And, oh, and now he's talking and walking and I don't see a cable dragging along his foot. (laughs) Yeah, you you seem very pleased with that. It's fun to hear. I mean, I was going to watch it anyway, but you've got me sold. Well, you can watch it for free, Billy. Well, okay. Well, I don't even have to be sold. Yeah. You just have to be interested. Well, it's still a time commitment, but. Yeah. But our director did tell us at the premiere, he said, uh, you know, when it comes out, please um, let people know. Let's uh, Pure Flix, I think, is, is fairly reasonable as a platform. I think it's $11 a month. But if people don't want to spend $11, they just want to check it out for free. You know, why not check it out when they could watch The Wanderer? Sign up, get a free month, you know, no obligation to continue if you don't, if you don't want to, but they can, you can sign up. You can watch both Life with Dog and The Wanderer, two projects that have my name in the credits there. Nice. And two that, that turned out, that turned out really well, I think. You definitely had accomplished people working on, on both. Obviously, Corbin Bernson is a name that people are going to know because he was in so many things that, you know, mainstream. And then, you know, I know you've talked highly of the director and also, like you said, the DP seemed like very well accomplished. Yeah, the DP, very um, knowledgeable. Very, very, very knowledgeable. I wish I, I wish I knew 25% of what he knows. And I think they really, on The Wanderer, especially tackling a, per- a period piece, so you're trying to set this tone of the 50s. And I actually, you know, credit where credit is due. You helped a lot with that because you got us the contact with some of our period cars we wouldn't have had without you. Well, thanks. I was going to ask about that, but I didn't know if I I was going to do that afterward because I wasn't sure. Yeah. If we could talk about that or not, but the cars look good, huh? Yeah. The cars look great. So you uh, put us in touch with one of your church members, Mr. Gary Bumgard. Yes. And he came out much to his credit and has uh, some great classic cars that Look great. Some of them are just parked on the street. Some of them are driving, but a huge, huge help. So a, a big thanks from the Wanderer to you, Billy Haas. Well, yeah, you're welcome. I, was... I did not know Gary personally, and you definitely made that happen. Yeah, I kind of even forgot. I mean, I knew that it helped make that connection, but I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that way. But that's cool. It's neat to have my yeah. little part, even though it was just connecting people. But to Gary's credit, like I didn't know, you know, people are busy, you know, runs a business yeah, and different things. And you never know what things are just inconvenient for people or what sure, might sure. hit a passion. But the way he jumped on that was just cool. So I, I say thank you to him, obviously, as yes. in just that he was willing to just jump right on with. Well, well, actually, even your role, as far as from the director's point of view, you you got that, you know, through me, of course, because I'm so well connected. But, you know, you pulled that off. And Gary just went for it, which he is did, cool. Which he, was a blessing. And you said, so he was he was on set a few times kind of with being in charge of that? Or At least you said you saw him. I did see him a couple of times. I, 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 I hope he enjoyed it. Two or three times. He seemed to be having a good time. One thing that I don't know if anybody considered, and this is really to Gary's credit, is they were having trouble getting placement cards or cars because we were shooting in June, and as people here in the Central Valley may or may not know, June is graffiti week. So Modesto has a big custom classics 
you know, American graffiti. George Lucas was from Modesto, and that's kind of a tribute to that. And they celebrate that in June. So a lot of custom cars that were around were not available because they were booked to be a part of Graffiti Week. Or they were going to other classic car shows. I guess June is a big month for that. So the production was really Scram- struggling a little, bit a little bit to get some cars. And I know you putting uh, Gary in touch with the production was huge because he was able to come through with stuff that, frankly, we wouldn't have had if, if he hadn't done that. The street would have just been, you know, maybe we would have our hero car. And no other cars ever around to kind of help set the time. So period. that whole feel, that's neat. I'll, yeah. that'll, I'll definitely watch for that. And I, I, frankly, I mean, Gary's busy, but so I haven't even really talked to him about it. But, you know, I was a little sheepish about the whole thing because it felt sure. like a big ask. Yeah, yeah. But that's again where I'm like, he just jumped right in there. He did. And Came it'll through. be fun to, especially now that it's out and it's available on Pure Flix. And actually, uh, Gary was a big, when, the first God's Not Dead came out. He was encouraged people in the community to go support that, go check it out. Mm-hmm. I just remember some comments that he made, like, "Yeah, let's you know, go 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 we'll view it. it." And so, I thought maybe there was a chance that he would be interested um, to work with the group that was working on the Wanderer. Yes, but awesome that he jumped to it. Like I said, mm-hmm. it sounds like you probably enjoyed it. I mean, I guess if you have classic cars and you do those shows and you do those things, like a chance to use them must be pretty fun. Yeah. But it'll be neat. I'll have to talk to him on the side and mm-hmm. hopefully he enjoys the movie and I'll, I'll be looking for those. Yeah, yeah. It really does make a world of difference because, you know, you can put a couple of cars on the street and suddenly it doesn't just look like an empty street. You know, there's it really sets the tone because a lot of, the surrounding areas, we do have things that were built in the fifties that haven't changed that much that actually are fairly period, but obviously the cars is not one of those things. So if you can establish those cars and, you know, some foot traffic all of a sudden, cause when you're there on set, you go like, well, we've closed down a block of Escalon. So there's like one block of Escalon that we are walking down and it could f- maybe feel slightly underwhelming because you're like, but you see it on film and, and go like, wow, no, this feels like a town. And you know, this feels like it's in the fifties and like this all gels really well together. So a lot of those things were pretty fun to see. Not that I had any doubts in the, in the production, but, but you still know, you have there, one vision, like what, what a viewer like myself and those that just, Oh, I'll go on pure flicks and check it out. You're just watching a film and it feels like a film. And if it's well done, Hey, it's a good movie. Yeah. You have, so you're not, yeah, you don't have to be doubting that it was going to look good. It's just, you had a realistic view of like, well, the four stop right here looks like 2019. Sure. And this little half a block looks like the fifties. Could be the fifties, but yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, but we're, we're, so you, we're you have on this both. little small piece of street. Like how, how big will this piece of street look? Or behind you is not transformed. So you're right. in like two atmospheres yeah, very and you've much. got two mental pictures now. You're in a bubble, a little bubble, a little pocket surrounded by outside things. And you just kind of go like, wow, I wonder, I wonder what the finished product will look like. Is, is that one of the coolest things about the premiere is just 
kind of seeing that bubble come out on screen? I think so. I think so. Just kind of because Life with Dog was different because I wasn't nearly as close to the action a lot of a Life with Dog. So one of my, I think I probably even said this on the podcast at the time, it was like, I couldn't tell you what the movie was about. Like I was there almost every day, but how's it end? I don't know. No spoilers here. Yeah, All I, I know is I'm sweating. I can't spoil anything because I really don't. I mean, I saw a couple of pieces of dialogue, but other than that, and out of context and out of order, I couldn't tell you what the movie, the plot, how it would resolve or anything. With the Wanderer, obviously, I was I was listening to every line every time it was said because that was my job. So I knew very, very well the dialogue and stuff. But seeing it kind of come together from the camera's point of view was, yeah, I think probably the coolest thing. And seeing the locations again and, you know, how they got used and different things that were cut together on different days. And you go like, oh, wow, this really worked well together, even though these were three days apart. It's hard to block that out a little bit because you you remember the days, or at least I do pretty well. And so you know like, oh, we filmed this on this day and then like a week later we filmed that. But in the, the show, like they happen in a cut. You know, he leaves this room and jumps onto this street. and But those are three days removed from each other, but it doesn't feel that way. It really, you know, and seeing that magic, you're kind of like, oh, wow, yeah, it does. It totally works. And now uh, you aren't watching the monitor because your job was sound, and you had your hands full. I did, and ears. But you mentioned working on coffee cart, sort of in the midst of that, mostly before. Yeah, yeah. you know, like like I said, you had meetings. You worked on coffee cart, mm-hmm. then that geared up, and you've done some finishing touches type work since then on your own movie kind of interesting. I mean, to be the director and the deep, you know, DP yourself for your own movie and sound and everything. Yeah. But not seeing the monitor for the wanderer, obviously you're not making those, you're not even seeing all the film, the, the footage and you're not making the decisions. Oh, but when you watch the premiere are the things you're like, Oh, that's what I thought it would look like. Or, Oh wow. I had no clue. I mean, we've kind of talked about that a little bit, but just, I guess the feel it just, some of it like oh yeah that's what i thought some of it i mean like i said some things you could you could pretty well suss out because i did i did just for the sake of the cabling like i did have to step behind the monitor from time to time and be like oh crud there's a nice red wire in the shot and so i did have to look and check those kinds of things but so you'd have a sense of like okay this is what it's going to look like i was going to ask you is there anything you're particularly proud of with sound um, or, or well, I don't know if I'm proud. Like I, I would have, you know, loved to have been more seasoned, I guess. But you, you go like, man, I remember that scene being a real bear, and yet here it is cut together, and there's no sign of it being a bear. You don't see the struggle. Yes, yes. There, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You know, you see that that nice, pretty picture, and yeah, it doesn't look like anybody's everybody's exactly the way they should be the way you'd want them to be. You don't, you don't feel like, like, Oh my gosh, the weight of the world is on my shoulders. That actor wanted to strangle me with this cord. (laughs) Well, there was one day, um, the second to the last day. And I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but I got really frenzied and there was a bad cable in the chain from going from the recorder to the 
actor's microphone. And the, the actor was the nicest human being possibly on the planet. He's, he's at least in the running and just a sweet guy. And he's been waiting. He was part of the crew also. So he was uh, our second AD as well as had uh, one scene that he was going to act in. And he's been waiting three weeks to do this because we're here at the second to last day and it's his turn to act. And for whatever reason, out of the blue, all of a sudden his mic just sounds like an AM transistor radio. It just, it sounds like this. It just started. And we had done one shot and everything sounded fine. We moved the camera. They're moving in for their coverage. I'm already set. And it was a scene that we were doing outdoors. And the significance of that is it's the only day on the entire shoot. I wasn't actually plugged into an outlet. So we were using batteries. And the reason that that's important is just the fact that we had never done that before. So when his mic suddenly starts sounding like this and he's probably 20 to 30 feet away from me where I am physically. So for me to make a change, I have to run to him, change something, run back to the, the mixer, put back on my headphones. Okay. Talk, talk for me again. Nope. Nope. Put them down, run back over there, make a change. And we changed out every piece of gear one at a time, but not systematically, which is the bummer. Long story, not quite as long. I never did quite figure out what was happening there until after we had shot it. Because the director at one point did say like, hey, I, you know, we have to go. You know, whether it sounds like this or what it sounds like that, we're going to have nothing if we don't start rolling. So I totally understand that. And like, okay, here we go. You know, and I had talked to my boom op and said like, all right, here's what I want you to do. We're going to have to really lean on you because I'm not liking what's happening with his lapel mic. And, but there was, it was, there was slightly windy that day. And so you're hearing a lot of <laughs> in the boom mic also. And you're just like, we can't win for losing. And I feel so sorry for this actor because I'm trying to be upbeat, but yet I keep running over to him like every, I mean, we did this for maybe 15 minutes. It felt like an eternity. It might've been like 20, but it might, if you said it was only 10, I would believe that too. But we're, stand by 20 minutes. We're, I mean, I'm running over there. I'm, I'm ripping cable as fast as I can. I'm pulling things out. I'm switching things. I'm like, let's switch the mic pack. Let's switch the microphone. Let's switch the power source. Let's switch the batteries. Let's switch the this. Let's switch the that. Anything, everything. The kitchen sink. Let's change that out really quick. Can't beat it. Can't figure it out. Don't know what it is. Oh, we beat it. Oh, no, we didn't beat it. You know, which I, li- I did figure out why that happened. And I don't want him to lose confidence because he's like, am I not being heard, you know? And to see that scene and to hear it sound perfectly good. Oh, yeah. Was like, oh, oh, mercy. Thank you, Lord. You know, to to watch that scene and to hear it sound nice and clean. And, you know, they didn't have to re-record the audio. That's what I wondered if they Which is what I thought they were going to have to do. Uh, so I was like, Oh, and I'd even asked him, I was like, so did they have to, 
re-record your scene? And he was like, no. You know, and it turned out really nice. I think he did a really good job. His voice sounds really great. He's got a lot of years in radio, so he has a really like nice radio sounding okay. voice. And every once in a while, you know, kind of drop into that thing, and and it, it sounds nice and rich. And so that was that was good to see. So, well, that's good. I f- I'm happy for you on that. So yeah, kind of a kind of a good. A good ending to to a good experience. As I said on the podcast, I think now all this time later, I think I can say I had fun. Okay. At okay. the time, I wasn't sure what the answer to that question was, but looking back, I could I can absolutely without hesitation say it was a good experience, one I would easily do again, and if I had to do it over again, I would absolutely do it in a heartbeat if we had to do it from day 1. There are a couple things I might do better because I learned what the problem was that day. So I don't think that would hopefully trip me up again. But all in all, a really good experience. And yeah, pure flicks. Pure flicks. Right now. Right well, now. Watch it's it. just sitting there. Six episodes of The Wanderer sitting there ready to be viewed. Six episodes. That's kind of fun. You could binge it in an hour and a half. It's not even, it'd be like just watching a normal That's movie. That's fun. We'll have to. Or take your time. Either yeah. way. Yeah. But that is all the time we have for this Thursday night conversation. Of course, the conversation doesn't need to end. If you wanted to get in touch with Billy, offer you some well wishes, some some recovery, if you will, or or just drop in and say hello. Where can people do that? BillyHaws.com. The greatest of all dot coms, starting with Billy, followed by Haas. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can, of course, do that in a myriad of different places. But before you get in touch with me, of course, I would be remiss in not doing my duty. If I didn't tell you, pureflix.com is where you can go see The Wanderer or Life with Dog, but definitely The Wanderer for free. Again, free, I think one month. So four weeks for free. And you can, I think, cancel at any time within that month and still watch the whole month. So if you sign up and cancel five minutes later, you still have a month to watch The Wanderer, but don't take a month. Yeah, I mean, so if I'm like laid out on my back, right? You just, it's, part of, my rec- it's part of my recovery. Why not? Six episodes. He could wander around. You could live vicariously <laughs> through right. him. I just want to be able to move. I may be trapped on this bed for today, but my spirit can wander around in the, the, the free time of the 1950s. So yeah, The Wanderer on pureflix.com. But if you want to reach me in any other way, uh, of course you can do that. Instagram, Matthew13gram. If you're interested in the coffee cart pictures that we've been posting, you can find that on coffee cart movie on Instagram cart with a K all one word, of course. Uh, and on the Twitter, that's just uh, Matthew 13 tweets. And on the Facebook, you can uh, just join up with the Matthew 13 productions, but that will do it for this Thursday night conversation. My name is Matt Garman and I'm Billy Oz and we will talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.